Hello and welcome to Under the Pink Triangle. We'd like to thank the Silix Nation for welcoming us to their traditional lands. Opinions expressed are of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the show or its creators. However, respecting differing opinions does not include hate speech of any kind. My name is Lee, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I am a cisgendered gay male of Caucasian descent. Hi, I'm Kyler. I'm a trans male. I'm going with they today. To my right, Peg. Hi, my name is Peg. I am a cisgendered white female, and I'm going to be outed uh, as a bi woman today. And to my right, Keisha! <laughs> Uh, my name is Keisha, and I'm a woman of color. I identify as queer or lesbian, and my pronouns are she, her. Awesome. Uh, the, the reason that this podcast is called Under the Pink Triangle is for a very specific reason. From 1933 to 1945, Hitler's Nazis rounded up and systematically killed, tortured, or imprisoned hundreds and thousands of gay, trans, and queer people. These people were forced to wear an inverted pink triangle to denote their sexual or moral perversity. In the late 1970s and early 1980s, gay men and women protested for gay rights, wore the pink triangle as a reminder of the past and a pledge that history will not repeat itself. In the 1980s, during an AIDS crisis, the activist group ACT UP used the pink triangle as a rally cry to offset the conservative political idea that all gay men be rounded up, put in internment camps, and tattooed to keep the public safe from possible infection. ACT UP stated at that time, the silence about the oppression and annihilation of gay people then and now must be broken as a matter of our survival. This podcast is dedicated to and will focus on all of the issues that face the LGBT2S community in an effort to never be silenced, in an effort to be open and honest in our opinions and to be heard within our own community and the rest of society as a whole. This is what it's like to live under the pink triangle. And that's what this podcast is, is... Why do we keep having this conversation, having to wear this conversation, why having to have this conversation? Yeah. Why is it necessary? Uh, why is there so much fear? So today's topic, as we go through with this podcast in the coming months, uh, we'll be running a podcast once a month with different topics. We're going to be running from youth to sexual identity to STIs to how it, how it feels to be Indigenous in this country. We're going to talk as about the power of the penis and the power of the vagina. We are. As well as trans and the church. And the church, yeah, we are. Yeah, as well as keeping spaces safe. Space and creating, what, what is a safe space? What is mm -hmm. a safe like, space? Do we even know what our, in our own way, like what a safe space is? Do we have an, any idea what that is? Or does the cis normative community know what that is? And yeah, are I they part of that? You should explain what you mean by the normative. And cis, because I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. That could be true too. Let's, let's unpack both of those things. Yeah. Let's unpack first, why is there so much hate and fear focused on the LGBT2S community? And why uh, is it at this time, most of it focused on the trans community? Gender normative. Let's talk about gender normative. What's, gen what's gender normative in our society to what we believe it is? Like what, what is our perception of gender normative? Straight. Uh, straight and identifying. So if you have a vagina, you're a woman. If you have a penis, you're a man. That's kind of what everybody's taught from the time that they're very, I mean, from the time that they're babies. Mm -hmm. And I think for people to have to switch that, people make it harder than it needs to be. But I think because it's an, like, it's just so ingrained in us as individuals, but also on this like huge society level, it's, it's hard to overcome. Well, I, I think it's hard for the, for general society, society to think, okay, well, that person has a penis. They're obviously a man. Well, nothing is obvious that that person has a vagina well if that's what they've always been taught that's but what we also dress yeah. people that way 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it really, we're not even talking necessarily about anatomy, but the power placed within that anatomy. Yeah. yeah. The yes. social norm of what is that. Yeah. Right? So it's the power of this penis of this male, white male, typically, or a male. Mm. And then w- who falls under that pegging mm-hmm. pole after that? Yeah. Well, the hierarchy, the sexual hierarchy absolutely. is really important. I, and I'd really like to t- discuss that and break down that sexual hierarchy because we all sit differently on that sexual hierarchy. And we and some of us flow from different parts of that sexual hierarchy, and how do we feel about that? And um, the thing is, is that this has always been uh, drilled into us because of the religious community having, for thousands of years, said that they are the norm, and anybody outside of that, they kill. Right. But is it just the religious community? Because some of these conversations have been having, we've been having, really, within smaller communities that don't really follow the same religions. I mean, I I do think lots, if we're speaking on a, like a North American kind of level, I think lots of this can be traced back to colonialism. Because if you look at different people of color, indigenous people around the world globally, third gender is normal. Yeah. Transgender is normal. So then, and even in, you know, in Canada, in the indigenous community, two-spirit was normal and celebrated. So, you know, then we have this colonialism, assimilation, uh, colonization. Of course, then Christianity's at play. Right. And suddenly all of that changes. And same with women. Women were respected differently before colonialism. Yeah, and on this earth, were on made this. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's, that is very true. Many Aboriginal societies, many all over the world are matriarchal mm-hmm. because it just is. Uh, and colonialism it, 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 it's, it's is patriarchal. And, and yeah. colonialism is patriarchal. So that's that's part of it. But then when we start pushing outside of those norms that are set up by the gender normative society, the ones that we were, we were, we were all inundated with on a regular basis, is that what's causing the fear? Is that what's causing us to cause fear within the majority of people? Is that... People fear change. That's the issue, right? A lot of times. Do people fear change or do people fear their own sexuality being abused or their own yes. sexuality being... I'm going with yes. Well, you know, you know what I hear a lot of times is, and I've seen myself, is if I see something different, what do I do with that? How do I now interact or react or respond to? So still, like when I were in my early 20s, I remember first seeing drag queens and it was compelling, but I was still kind of scared because I didn't know what to say. Or you know, I had the same visceral reaction myself. But it's as not a that man. I was against them. I just, I didn't know what to say. And would I say the wrong thing? And I think that is a really common piece for many people. It's not that they're coming at us from a negative place. I think they still have good hearts, but they don't know what to say. And now they don't want to make themselves look bad. Everybody wants to save face. See, I have a, I have a different story because I was at a party one time and there was a drag queen and her bra was too high. And I walked up to her and I said we need to lower those a little bit so they look a little better. She goes, honey, you know, you expect me to look, you know, and I said, I want you to look as beautiful as you can. Let's put them in the sit in the right spot, you but, know? Yeah. Right, but yeah. then does that, then, then does that fall outside of purview, your purview from what you're, you're perceiving as a trans, what that trans person should look like. Could when be. that, when that she trans person offended. walked out of the, well, and, and thank God she wasn't offended, yeah. but when that person walked out of the house, they thought that they looked exactly the way they want it to look. Well, I, I don't know. I think, well, with some people, their bras creep up. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that's all, that, uh, that's what I had thought would happen. Right, and yeah, I think... breasts or no breasts. Right? <laughs> Big, breasts little, no they're like... Right? It's like parsley in your teeth. If it right? doesn't fit, well, and yeah. if your bra I, doesn't fit... Can I tuck your tag in, please? You know? 
right? Yeah, well, that could mean many things. That tucking the tag in, depending upon where we're talking about clothing tags, Lee. But the hatred, so it wasn't done out of anything other than I wanted the best for them. No, I get that, and that's but that's your personality wanting the best for them. Yeah, but they might have perceived it as. You know. Yeah. No, I get it, and I hadn't thought of that at the time. It was just. But that's that's what the point I'm trying to get to is that as we evolve and as we change, Maya Angelou always said, "When we know better, we do better." Yes. And I have spent uh, many many years trying to know better because I need to do better. Like we all kind of need to do better, and I don't know how to do that except by education. I absolutely only way I know how to education is the key. Because like Kyler, when I first ran into the drag community, I had a visceral negative reaction like a visceral negative reaction. I stayed away from from drag shows purposely because they made me so uncomfortable. Men dressed as girls, especially considering I wasn't out at the time. And wow, that was just hitting, that hit me in a, in a center in my core. And I started feeling feelings of hatred. Wow. So question for you, Kyler, kind of in my community of circle or my circle of friends and, and whatnot, there's lots of controversy with the drag community because mm-hmm. of uh, because of how detrimental it can be to the trans community and how perception can get lost maybe um, and also how if how if drag queens aren't maybe doing their job properly it almost comes off as a joke mm-hmm. so i just kind of wondered if you have thoughts on that and maybe if that's if there's like an uncomfortableness and is it sometimes yeah. a joke like is well, someti- is drag sometimes a joke i've definitely seen drag queens who have made it's less about gender expression or you know breaking the binaries and it's more about i'm a man dressing as a woman ha 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 clowning yeah. and yeah. for me i was like this is inappropriate and doesn't belong in our yep. community. Right. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's where my uncomfortableness comes in. Yep. But I've also seen drag where it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that. And it just feels like performers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that is a good point. Is is it perf- an art or is it being made fun of? And so I noticed that too last year when we, there was an art show on the gender norm and we were about to have an actual drag cream performing. And yet I knew people of trans and and it really started occurring to me, and I asked the performer uh, at the wrong time, of course, what they thought about it, because they're about to go on stage, and like, oh, no time. But right. it, to me, it's one of those things, like, well, what is really going on? Is this now an appropriated thing? That let's, mm-hmm. like, because maybe that there is a difference. I'm, I'm sure there might be, but honestly, I, I'm, I'm with Keisha on the fact that there's some things about the drag community that doesn't belong in our, in our culture so like uh, blackface yeah well yeah and like so i'm a pretty big nerd so as soon as i had that thought i was like let's just do all the research i can to kind of see and historically i mean drag was a really beautiful way for people who were trans to express that without having to come out in their day-to-day life so at what point did that stop and did it become performative solely where cis people are doing it for fun or as a mockery or whatever like that's at what point did that kind of happen so interestingly yeah the new uh, a star is born starts that way with lady gaga being a cisgendered female doing part of a drag show well i honestly i don't think i want to start carving off pieces of the community because if, no. if a cisgendered woman or if a cisgendered male want to be do or 
a gender normative male are doing drag because this is part of who they are. Makes there is in good. no way that yeah, I want to, to because that makes us part of all of the, the greater exclusive, community. Exclusive. I inclusive. I just don't want the joke. I don't want the yeah, joke right. and to she be. Wasn't yeah, and being it, that. it wasn't that. No, no, no. no I know, but. Yeah. But there is that underlay, that culture of, you know, dangly balls, like the the skirt and the dangly balls. And I think that that gets a little bit outside of, I, I know that we're not the, the gatekeepers of what is right for the community, but that's why our voices are so important with this, with this particular talk. Yes. And what I love right now that's going on is that we have drag queen story time at some of the libraries, oh, yeah. even in Kelowna now. Yeah. And we have drag queen shows in some of the communities, you know, like say in Edmonton, uh, friends of ours go to the Yellowhead. Uh, uh, yeah, the brewery yeah. for the yeah. brunch, the drag right? brunch. Yeah, yeah for yeah. the drag brunch. And like, it's awesome. Okay, I and mean, that's true. Oh, sorry, Keisha, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, personally, I love drag if it's done well. Mm -hmm. As a performer, I've done kind of like, you know, more masculine, what could be considered as drag king. Right. expression but that's because it for me it, it felt really good with the music that i was picking it felt really good with this song mm -hmm. it wasn't about me being a cis woman saying oh ha 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 let's be a boy for a day it was yeah. it was about this really beautiful expression of an art form that i felt needed like a masculinity because, yeah because drag king right. really doesn't get the the coverage that drag queens get that's mm -hmm. right like that's drag true. kings don't like you don't see a neil diamond you don't see uh, a trans man doing a Neil Diamond, like you don't, like mm -hmm. or or I haven't yet. I'm sure there is out there, but I I have not yet seen that as part that of the is drag so show. Curious. And that right, that is curious. And is it I think I'm making a great George Michael, just to say. <laughs> hey, yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. But he also With, had a higher voice, and I was about to say oh, that maybe because yeah. Neil Diamond's voice was so low that there aren't a, you know women who can reach that. I mean, I can get down there, but. You know, I'm not particularly... Wow, you can get down a lot of places. Honey! <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, if you're going to impersonate a particular singer, you need to be able to be in their range. That's true. But even there was a time when drag queens were impersonating, you know, famous singers. But now, I think a lot of them are creating their own identities and maybe they're doing lip syncing and, and whatever. Yeah. But it's it's about them creating a persona, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. they're not really impersonating people. And if they are doing a song cover, it's about them as this individual doing a cover of the song. Yeah, not and it doesn't have to be low voiced or whatever. That's mm -hmm. right. It can be their interpretation. Or their lip syncing. Or their lip syncing. Why not lip sync? Yes, as well. Uh, I mean, and there aren't a lot of drag kings in our community uh, who do it as a profession that I know of. Well, yeah, I, I, it's rare. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that's something that, that should be encouraged because that would be an interesting show change. Uh, Peg, you brought up the, the Kelowna drag the library. library. The Story picketing time? that came out from that oh. and the mm. hatred and vitriol uh. that came from that yeah. from mm -hmm. certain levels of the community, the, mm -hmm. the cis-normative community, was disgusting. Yeah, no, I it was... Is so it, heart, it is heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to hear that these parents... But that is just exactly uh, what's going on with the Out in Schools as well today. Mm -hmm. Out in Schools is a wonderful program mm -hmm. that is teaching acceptance in schools Yet still, we're fi finding that parents are not parents are not allowing their kids to participate out of a sense of fear. So the community, the, the nice thing about out in schools is that they do a community project 
that brings teachers and parents together before or, or during the out in schools program uh, allows parents and students a bit or parents and teachers and educators a bit of a crash course on what out in schools is for the kids. Mm-hmm. So that's a great program that I think, but we it's still there's still so much hatred. I still think pointed the fear and that comes from the triangle of of the norm normative. And that the ones that have had the power for so long do not want to give that up or the denoters of what that power is. And so I think it's more accepting to see a drag queen than it is a drag king. It's okay to impersonate a woman. Well, yes, because, of course, they're lesser than. A man, yes, unless so you're a course, man. Yeah. And so I think, I wonder if that parallels why there's so many trans men we know. exposing themselves versus trans women. I also, because they don't pass as easily as they are trans men. I, yeah, and I also wonder too, like to be a drag queen to fit like a a feminine kind of norm. There's tons of makeup. There's big hair. There's glamorous dress. I think for as a performer, like from a, a performance viewpoint, it's more appealing to have a drag queen in your show because there's so much glamour. So extra. There's it's just like it's, all this extra. It's around. super extra. Yeah. And a drag king has to if you're trying to like fit the male norm i say male in quotations it's you know maybe it's dressing in a suit and tie maybe you have shorter hair maybe you look a little bit more masculine but you don't have you don't have the crystals and the gems and well, country music and the, country music the country yeah. music. <laughs> or, or, but liberace Elton and yes, elton yeah. john but yet yeah. they were still I'm pushing this normative I yeah. mean norms, right? Right. because norms. obviously if we look they back it's or prince yeah it was especially in the prince, 80s right? you know you got queen you got all again. of these but that's not the norm Quotation and exactly normal. and yeah. that's why i think he did so well so mm-hmm. are we looking yeah. at uh, as the heteronormative male as the madman male like all the guys from that madman 60s look with the hats and the, the three-piece suits and going to work and supporting their wives and making sure that they have the money to to look after their little woman and their mistress and like what Again, is that, that is the religious norm it is the religious it is the religious norm but the thing is is the religious norm isn't even the religious norm the pope wears a dress and a big foofy hat <laughs> okay but you like, know a lot of the people that are carrying on the patriarchal idea aren't necessarily from religion yeah and that's there true. are people that it's from this societal script that is impregnating boys with this idea of a hierarchy, which is bullshit, and being a second-class citizen or animals, and that they are it. And that really pisses me off. Oh, Because we're all just humans, right? I mean, it is, yeah. It should be based on ability. The the color. Anything. the, 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 The gender color spectrum drives me insane. Like these re- these gender reveal parties, pink and blue oh, and that, and, the, and it's oh, like, okay, so we're gonna inundate them right from birth, right? We're gonna inundate them with this idea that this is who they are right from birth, mm-hmm. and these are good things. And this is 2020. We're not in 1864 anymore. We're not in 1919 anymore. No. You know. Uh, so if that's where we're at, let's talk a little bit about the hierarchy then. So who's at the, the top? Who's the apex predator? This white straight male. white man. Yeah. Yep. This straight white man. What's the next level? Cis, straight, white woman. <laughs> Do you, you think? think so? Because don't yeah. you think a gay I think man... she can get bumped. I think she gets bumped by a gay white man. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I guess or it depends. Or a, a man of color. A uh, man no, of color. No. Man of color, even on the pay... Uh, the scale. Pay, scale are paid less than white women. Yeah, unfortunately. Is that a, a stat that we can... Yeah, uh, it's... Quantify? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can send you some stats. Interesting, because I would have said I would have said all the men first. Yeah, yeah I would have said all the men first. No, too. white women. Even if you look on a, um, if you look on a justice system level, if yeah. if a white man, 
assaults white woman. That's a good that's point. A, maybe we'll take it to trial. Maybe somebody might get charged. Probably not. Brock probably rapist, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just really guy. good dudes, and like, why ruin their future? But if a black man is even accused of assaulting yes. a white woman, jail. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Well, and that's like smoke a joint in the states and go to jail. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The stats on that is just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So incarceration, yeah, that's true. And so, that's that's a really yeah. good. If you're ever kind of wondering, that's a really good kind of comparison, right? Yeah, because yeah. well, we never thought of it. That that yeah. was one thing I just never really thought about right. is adding into the quotient yes. is incarceration. Oh, like yeah. if we look at the jails and how the hierarchy oh. are in jails. Wouldn't that would actually give us what our so social hierarchy actually oh, yeah. is? I actually recommend everybody to watch the documentary called 13th. I think it's on Netflix still. 13th? Yep. And it's about the 13th Amendment, abolishing slavery, and how systematically, yeah, you're not allowed to, you know, have slaves anymore, but the way the prison systems work, it totally. kind of is a substitution. Yes. For Reintroducing slavery. I, I have in watched a, that, and it, it just, it, like for that's a week for sure i had remnants of feeling it just makes that. you sick really oh and there's okay. several really good movies about that so we've yeah. identified white men and white women as a spectrum there that have the power over there then we mm -hmm. uh black men underneath or well, men of color white cis man white gay man white woman white woman white lesbian third. woman third uh, well the women go third because the the white cis men and then the white gay men yes above the women and then the white women. Cis white. Cis, cis, cis white. white women. Straight women. Yeah, straight yeah. women, yeah. 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 And then you start throwing sexuality in there. And yeah, and so what happens, and Kyler, you can. You like, can what happens that. there? Like, that was a good point that we had talked about at one point mm -hmm. about people transitioning mm -hmm. and where that flow happens. Yes, exactly. So I'm moving from a white female status, right, which is quite privileged, and now getting to move to a higher privileged or perceived privileged of white male and yeah. that actually sits really poorly in my stomach and that is why I want to do this kind of podcasting right but we were also saying something about when people don't know that you're transitioning and they just perceive you as a male and you're privileged at that point and then when they find out and how that privilege changes oh yeah it's the same as when I came out when mm -hmm. I was a now when I was a regular dude <laughs> I, which I don't think any of my friends could ever see that anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but when I, when I, before I had come out, I was a regular dude. I was a businessman. I was doing the things. I was shaking the shake and walking the walk and talking the talk. And I was doing the thing. I was in a three-piece suit. I was doing it all. I was running it all, all under some very interesting stressors, you know. Yes. Because at that point, cocksucking was a, a moral imperative for me. Right. So it was. It was my thing. I, I was in a three-piece suit. As soon as I came out, or as soon as people found out that I was gay or I was a cocksucker, I went down, down in status. A level. People yeah. stopped talking to me in the same way. People stopped working out with me in the same way at the gym. Mm -hmm. People stopped relating to me in the same way. Uh, they would have conversations beyond me. I got sent a dildo in the mail by one of my friends just because he thought it was going to be funny wow. before I had come out. They were all kind of suspecting, obviously. Things were starting to come. Yeah, it was. there was cruelty that oh, was... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That was, and I took it on the chin, because <laughs> I usually take it there. But <laughs> I I lost position in society Yeah. Mm -hmm. when, it ma when I thought it mattered. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. No. I don't give a shit about my position in society, because luckily enough, I am privileged with myself into a place where... I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. You know, and luckily enough, most of us, when we search for who we really are, come to a place where 
I don't have to care about that. Yes. But that pra- that pressure, though, that pressure kills us. That pressure kills yes. this community. Either we come out as diamonds or we come out as coal dust. Yeah. And the worst part about that is most of us are coming out coal dust mm-hmm. and we have to stop that. Mm-hmm. And for in the name of love is such a great foundation mm-hmm. for mental health in that direction to, to stem education and to stem mental health in our community. We need to be able to help our community with our mental issues because of the pressure from the cis normative community. Stuff like that changes like the suicide rate. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, just for people who don't know, in the name of love is a foundation we created in 2019. It's right now we just do one big event a year and all of the proceeds go in a foundation to help provide mental health services for the LGBTQ plus community. So our community, I've always obviously been really connected. I work in the mental health field in admin as well as I'm a performer so this was a really good way to do both and we already saw I mean the foundation was used from last year and the opportunity to entertain the cool thing about in the name of love is it attracts people who are both in our community and who are out of our community and we have this big platform to speak about the mental health and about our history and about people now who are making waves in our community. And it kind of like, it opens up that conversation and people get entertained at the same time. So they don't feel like they're being lectured about it. Well, and that's right? just it. That's part of what this podcast is about as well, too. We want I want the entertainment value as well to come through because we've been lecturing for years. Act mm-hmm. Up, people in in, in Miami, in, in, in Canada, Delwyn Varan did some very excellent work in Alberta as far as protecting our rights as, as workers. He went to the Supreme Court of Canada and changed how our work protection works for LGBTQ community and people of queer identity. And that work was done by a, a lot of very dedicated people in the Edmonton area. And they changed Canada in a very real way. But we are lecturing and we don't always just want to lecture because we're all just human. Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's, let's try and, and be human. And, and people retain if they've enjoyed themselves. They will retain the information if they've laughed or if they've, yeah. you know, yeah. had fun. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. And you, you're a clown, Peg, for heaven's sakes. Like, well, that's, that's your life. That's what you do for... Half the know. time. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, and you are. You, you are a clown. You're a comedian. You are you're yeah. an actor, an a- actor, actress. Actor, actor. Are you an actor? I call myself an actor, yeah. Yeah. Because so, that's just actress? another, yeah, that's yeah, just, just another, another label. Another label, right? And your, you know, yeah. life is based on making people yes. laugh and, and learning through laughter. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so back to the, the totem. So we're sitting at... So I wanted to ask Kyler, because you identified as a lesbian and then mm-hmm. a trans and then, you know, to be a male. So what was your, what did you... Th- did you think what your uh, level was as a lesbian has changed down or up to trans? And then you've already, you know, identified the part about the male to trans and how it changes. But how do you... Oh, I'm moving all over that triangle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but where no. did you, did you find that you, as a as a gay woman, was, were you, un, were you under oh, that's a cis under, woman? that's under a cis woman for sure. Definitely? Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. You've been making, making the social climb. The social which climb. Is, yeah, which is totally opposite of what I, I really do not enjoy the social template and paradigm that's going on. And it's such bullshit. And we need to be doing these conversations and having aunts and uncles and cousins hearing about this because it's not just 
us and our single family. It's yeah. this whole radiating out situation. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the hatred too I want to touch on as well because we we do kind of touch on religion. But when I'm trying to say it's not about religion, we have familial norms that we have to flow through. We have family yes. that we have to navigate and we all navigate our family in a very, very different way. So in my change, right. this kind of started, even the podcast and such, started after a trans remembrance day when we heard of the ones that had fallen and Lee and I got to talking and that was the first time where I had talked to the board, uh, SOS Pride, about my transition. And then I had to speak on the radio and I had told them my Kyler name, but I hadn't told my family yet. I know. So then right away I had to help myself to my family. And my challenge was that my friends and my peer group are quite ready in, to move forward with this and embrace and encourage me and such. But my family, knowing my past, is of course having a harder time with it. And then the fact that I never brought it up till now. And so what I try to explain is it's a much safer world now. And, you know, before all the changes happen, I would have died before expressing all of this. I would way rather be a gay woman than anybody knowing that I had a whole different identity going on. And and I think the the biggest thing is, is when you're ready, you're ready. Different changes in in the world. Yeah, it's safer. But when you're when you're ready, you make a decision to make to jump off that cliff because I think it must have been like a cliff. It's a bit like a cliff, and there's a lot of aspects to it. So aside from my own personal life, there's there's a lot of the social stuff that we're talking about right now, and being raised by a single mom and what I would call being a feminist, it's really challenging <laughs> to look at this this supposed privilege that we're now talking about. Like it, it's got to be a challenge. It's so, but also your family would have paradigms and ideas of who you are as a person within their own head that they've created mm-hmm. that you are shattering in yes, a parents. very real way as parents do. All parents do. Like yes. all, all parents yeah. have that. Big shout out to my family. Much love. Because I've got an amazing mother who is doing her very best daily on a daily to daily basis. Because right. she knows I want to make the world a better place. It's not to embarrass her or bring shame to the family. It's that I want to bring light. But she is dealing with some shame, though, from her religious community. Is that not correct? I don't know. I did see her pastor, and he's a very cool dude. And he explained basically the tenants, you know, that all fall under the golden rule. And if you're not doing that, you're not being of the church. And you need to go take care of something. And a lot of people need to relearn that. Yeah, that's... that's so a... he's been really good about that. And there is no stance of the church on trans people. There isn't one. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to make one up. Good. Nor should there be one. There, there shouldn't be one. Like what? Because this is really about my own self relationship. Yeah. Really. It is. And so having to bring this out publicly has been a huge trial, because now I am either getting rejected or affirmed, and I I've trained myself for so long to just affirm myself and fuck everybody else, so to speak, and just learn that. So now to step to this new and it and I'm back into that spot of feeling like a teenager, and yeah. it's it is rather challenging. Especially at this age, at feeling times. like a teenager again. But yet knowing what you know mm-hmm. is better or worse. Like it's, it's, it's it, better. you sit at this dichotomy of, oh, I feel like a kid again. And oh, I'm going through all this kid stuff. But you remember how much going through a kid sucked? Oh, what a trial it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was a trial. Going through being, yeah. becoming an adult Childhood, again. Childhood, yeah. Just a and, and the transition at this age where I am versus, say, a person we were talking to this weekend who's 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How important the gender reassignment surgeries are to them would have been the same was the same for me at that age well and even talking about the the body dysmorphia body dysmorphia even the body dysmorphia that the cis normative people are going through and because everybody has that is it. everybody everybody has a certain it degree, to some degree yeah, or another sure. and everybody and but we forget 
that trans people have it on a hyper level, well, on a hyperized on a level. Complete total body level. There is a syntax and there is language yeah. that is behind all of that that I didn't know, that I still don't know, mm -hmm. that scares the crap out of me. Mm -hmm. But that we're, we're going to be looking at that in another And there's episode. a seed of the fear. There, that there's, is the seed of the right? fear. Yeah. That's part of it. I wanted to ask Keisha, though, as a, a woman of color on this totem pole, you're a lesbian woman of color. Where do you feel you fit on this totem pole of... Of privilege. Of privilege. <clears throat> well, I mean, I down, right? So white cis male, uh, white cis gay male, white cis straight woman, white cis gay woman probably. Then I would probably say cis straight black men and then probably, well, the thing too is like I'm really light skinned because I'm mixed. So my is privilege is higher yeah. than somebody who's darker than me, yes. right? And that's a whole thing as well. So the like the pyramid's quite complex because yeah. once we get away from those like really top high up people, then we've got all of these little steps and some people are higher, some people are lower. Latinos fit differently as far as within the, the people of color. It almost does look like a triangle. Like it's, it's a pyramid. It's, it's a yeah, pyramid, it's a yeah. pyramid for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think too, like indigenous people are kind of at the bottom of all of that in Canada. And it, it depends where you are globally, what the pyramid looks like. Mm -hmm. Right. But consistently, yeah. even in highly, you know, even in Africa, still cis white men are at the top. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting because even when your population is mostly people of color, still cis white men are at the top. And right? again, that's how. So it's not about my, yeah, it's about, it's about colonialism, yeah. right? It's not about, it's not about minorities, right? No. It's about being marginalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's about being it's, marginalized, yeah. It's about being marginalized. Which it's is two different board. words that people really don't understand. Mm -hmm. The difference between uh, minorities and being marginalized is what? Uh, well, minorities in, I, well, okay, this is my take on it. Right, but this minority, is always your take on it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. but minorities in itself, the word, is a smaller group of people, which is pretty accurate here, right? Mm -hmm. There's less people of color than there are white people, mm -hmm. especially in Canada. Not so much indigenous people, though. Marginalized people are people who are put into boxes or whatever and then put beneath the privileged people regardless of quantity, I mm -hmm. think, right? Right, no, I think that's true. I think that's the actual definition. They actually that. have a barrier yeah. in front of them. That's right. Well, they've and been put in a box, separated yes. from a certain... It would yes. be like separating blue eyes from brown eyes, mm -hmm. right. people. It's not how many there are, because yeah. there could the majority could be... Yeah this yeah, it's right. where you can marginalize them to control them and i think it's, it's part of it is fear and control mm -hmm. but i think colonialism has taught the white man that they the pinnacle white man that they deserve it mm -hmm. that they deserve mm -hmm. these privilege mm -hmm. and so when they sit at the top of this pyramid and they look down and they think what's your fucking problem mm -hmm. what's your mm -hmm. problem i worked oh, yeah. hard all's good i worked hard my whole life and it's fine yeah but i got bullied so. i got yeah i got bullied so <laughs> that's, just, that's the same and the worst thing I, I the only way that i can do it is try and explain to some of my peers and i'm using air quotes with peers mm. is okay yes you struggled and you had it rough and you had a bad family and your father beat the shit out of you and you started drinking and you had to self-medicate and yeah that was all horrible and yeah yeah you you woke up one morning and your dad had his balls in your face and yeah that's a really bad thing and that's a horrible horrible thing now imagine doing that black yeah. mm -hmm. and that's just it yeah your color you know, didn't didn't your color make it worse. gender sexuality yeah it's not that you didn't suffer no right? and it's not that we're not empathetic to your suffering no a, a woman no. said to me i do everything you do 
Right. And I said, yeah, I do it in heels. Oh. Right? Shit. That's the whole Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers thing, Shit, right? Shit, yeah. Everybody was like, oh, Fred Astaire is such a great dancer. And it's just like, you know what? Ginger Rogers did it backwards in and heels. in heels. And in yeah. Heels and get and no bled. Recognition. Like, they yeah. would stop and she would have to empty her shoes. Yeah, with blood, yeah. Right? Like, wow. And he bled, too. But For he sure. did it in flats. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, he did. He bled, he, he too. Had, like yeah, he got bled. Fred Astaire, he, he bled, sure. too. Yeah. Like, he was a perfectionist. He wanted it perfect. He wanted it beautiful. But, but everybody knows that. Everybody knows everybody that. Everybody knows that. Nobody knows about Ginger. Ginger Rogers yeah. was, yeah. yeah. And that's, do it backwards and inhale. And, that, yeah. and that's a, a huge change in 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 And that's the shift perception. of consciousness right now. Yeah. That yes. shift yeah. is what we're really talking about. It's not about the sexuality, it's not about the color of our skin. It's the fact that we're all getting that we're all human. Educated. We're but all just the, human. the thing is is that the youth of today are being are are actively being educated. Mm-hmm. But the elderly people, anybody over fifty are the education has stopped for them and that's a fucking problem. Okay, yeah. so I wanted to address this because uh, the other day I was at work and one of the girls had, you know, a conversation with the person that she was with and they were talking about how they didn't understand gender fluidity and they were talking about it in a way that they didn't want to understand gender fluidity. Right. And I had to walk away because, you know, I was getting so irate and I was about to say, well, do you want to get educated or do you want to continue to wallow in your ignorance? Because I didn't know how to educate them without being my middle name, which is sarcasm, you know? So I I had to walk away, even though there was this perfect opportunity, you know, because... But did you walk away for your comfort or for theirs? Yes. Both. Okay, so therein lies the thing. Yeah. <laughs> there, in lot that, that. Well, I have to work with these people. Yes, you do. Right. But, but yes, you have to work with these people. But you're in a community now where, and I'm not saying you are in a community. We are in a community yeah. now where, okay, are we going to start standing up even though our livelihoods are at stake? Yes. Because it is important for people el- need to be educated and not just the kids. Kids are being educated. Kids are yeah. Well, are the one being... was like thirty. The other, the other one was probably fifty. You know, yeah, I don't. I think age has something to do with it. But I think if you're choosing to be ignorant, it doesn't matter how old you are. Unfortunately, that's true. Right? But and ignorance if, is a choice from absolute choice. Every age, right? Yeah, yeah. And so if you're like if you're thirty, you have access. You yeah. have access. Like if you have the internet, you have access. You have access. Exactly. You know I mean? And that's like, why, you know, I wanted to but, say, because they were saying, oh, well, you know, some days I feel more masculine than I feel feminine. It's just like, that has nothing to do with it. But Peg, that was the opening is what I'm trying to say is, yeah, there, and it seemed like it smelled bad, but <laughs> that was that the opening. Was that was the opportunity. Yeah. Because they may, they're asking. That's them asking. That's them asking, I don't understand this and I think it's stupid. Well, you know what? Yeah, it may be stupid, but here's the reality of the situation. Here's what we're actually talking about. Yes. And here's... And uh, I was going to use the body dysmorphia because it's like, okay, what you're not understanding is that it's not somebody, I feel feel more masculine today or I feel more feminine today. It's like, I don't feel comfortable in my skin. But you're talking to somebody who's coloring somebody's hair. No, I get it. I so, get it. And th- th- they're doing that right there. Because, because they don't want to look old anymore. Right. No, And it's all about vanity. Mm-hmm. And body but dysmorphia has dysmorphia. nothing to do with vanity as far as like somebody transitioning, right? Nothing. I well, find, I find this. It's not about vanity, is it, Kyler? Well, that's a really good question. 
because although vanity is, fle is fleeting, it's how I look in the mirror that I denote my level of success as well. Because when I have looked more feminine, I don't feel so successful with myself. Really? And so there's a certain level of vanity in there, for sure. I think so. Isn't that fascinating? Because when I, you know, when I do the whole schmear and, you know, put all my makeup on and everything, I feel like get out of my way because I am on fire. But isn't that kind of the drag personality as well? I don't know. I think it's just because I feel really good about myself. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're cis, trans, wherever mm. you lay in between. Everybody's human. So when you feel your best is because you're making yourself not all the time, but for me, when I feel my best, I've got, you know, glitter on and my hair is really pretty and I've got a really great outfit on. I don't, it doesn't matter how you identify. Mm -hmm. It's just about feeling your best, making yourself look the best way you can mm -hmm. to your own perception, regardless of your gender, mm -hmm. right? So, like, does it play a part of the actual dysmorphia? Maybe. Or is that just part of being human? Mm. Well, and I think there is a fundamental part of being human in all of these threads mm -hmm. is we're all just wanting to be the best us that we can be. And however we perceive that is going to manifest in so many different ways. And there is a second part. We all want to feel good. Yes. Like mm -hmm. it's really just that basic. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to feel like creepy. Yeah. Because I'm not creepy. Okay. So let's unpack the creepy. Let's unpack some of this creepy oh, stuff <laughs> because. What? I'm um, <laughs> So. Creepy cisgendered uh, straight male are are the ones <laughs> they have that a market usually, on that. <laughs> well, they do have a market on it, and they are usually the the creepiest. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, you know, put yeah. all men no. in the same umbrella because mm. not all men are under no. that same umbrella. This isn't about not all men, though. This is not about all men, mm. but it's not about that. Not all men. Yes, not all straight people. It's yeah. about. It's just about identifying that pyramid, like we're talking right. about, and not protecting some of the pri privileged people because they're well, not just because you're privileged and you don't know it doesn't mean you shouldn't know it yeah absolutely yeah, no, that's right. true yeah. yeah and i i 100 agree with that and that's yeah. what we have to really start to unpack. yeah but when a trans person walks into a bathroom that they identify with I, gender gender separated bathrooms are stupid mm -hmm. i cannot understand them we all have them in our houses gender neutral bathrooms. I don't right. know why when we go out in public, we have to have yeah. separated states. I, it's sexual. It has to come down to sexual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has to come down to people think that if you're going to share a bathroom with somebody, you're going to fuck them. Well, I'm going to tell you, I have fucked a lot of people in bath and I'm a gay guy. So that's not stopping anything. Right. So, and I, so when, when Kyler walks into a man's washroom, if I'm in there with Kyler, I am not looking at what Kyler's doing. I'm not for me, Yeah. but all the other men maybe and is that how you feel like i just want to know how you feel about that uh i don't go into a men's room if there's men in there i would go to like the family room or i'll wait till it's empty so you're navigating your urination i'll go in the ladies room if i'm gonna risk a populated mm -hmm. washroom i would rather risk the ladies mm -hmm. and do you feel that trans women experience that oh the i same can imagine or more? Oh, they way worse. completely do because <clears throat> that seems worse. where the conversation is somehow focused is that a trans woman is actually a man and they're going to go in there and assault somebody. And it for me, like as a cis woman, I'm like, I am so much more intimidated by a bunch of straight cis dudes Absolutely. than I ever would be by a trans woman. Absolutely. I'm way more comfortable around trans women. Mm -hmm. What about if it was a bunch of trans dudes that came in the bathroom? Would you yeah. feel oh. safe? 
Well, I don't know. I never thought about that. But I mean, the I first think... time I experienced, because I, you know, I feel like in town we have lots of centers that have individual uh, stall, like, so you have private bathrooms that are gender neutral. So it's like a single, it's a door you walk in and that's a toilet. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a room with a sink and stuff. Yeah, yeah. With multiple stalls. Right. And the first time I experienced an actual gender neutral bathroom where it was like you walked in and there were stalls and the sink was in the common area was in Victoria. I went to the, the gay bar there and I thought, oh, this is so neat. Like, it's really, it's really neat that it's we actually ge- have. Gender yeah, it's not yeah. like they're individual stalls. I don't, I can't recall if there were, what genders were in there at the time, but yeah. there was no level, yeah. so there's right? no yeah. level of discomfort. You know, there was a urinal there and I thought, oh, it might be a little bit different Dicey. if somebody's <laughs> like urinating at a urinal. That's not something I might be but comfortable with. I would be more They need to stand stalls, close enough that nobody's going to see anything anymore. Anyway. Yeah, but even we then, do. that was As like... most men stand close enough, we all have small enough dicks that yeah. we have to stand close. <laughs> that's right? the thing. Seriously. I mean, if that, that was should. my first anyway. thought. It's and like I, I like, said, it's if not you could see that from the door, that's a guy I'm going to meet. Like that's a yeah, guy. Then I'm maybe I'm intrigued. Now. Even as a lesbian, I'm like, oh, oh, right, like that. Right. We're but, staying on track, well, on topic, on topic. Okay, but I'm the the gender neutral bathrooms I've always been in have always been cleaner, brighter, mm-hmm. and more accepting. Like I feel like I, I can do more in that bathroom because I don't go number two anywhere that isn't my house because mm-hmm. I have a bidet and I'm good with it. But I have to moderate. Like I have to, I have to do that too. I have to think about men. How many men are in that bathroom? How many men know I'm gay in the area? How many? Like what? What's my gay quotient here? Uh, who's walking in? What I? Because I literally had somebody piss on my leg because he knew I was gay, and he was at a urinal. I went, walked into the urinal. He turned around and he pissed down my leg. He pissed. He sat there looking at me straight in the eye and pissed on me. Oh, Holy talk Jesus. about a throat punch! Honest to wow. Christ. But I am, I have, I, I have anger issues, so I have a violent personality that I have been working through for the last 25 years. Me too. And I really try hard not to be violent. I have been violent in the past. It has not worked out for me. That is <laughs> not my, I, I am, a, a, I'm evolving. I'm trying to evolve beyond you. that. Yes. And so, so I have to do? take the high road. You know what? We have to fucking drive the high road but over these in people. In that situation. <laughs> right? It, what, 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 what did I do? What did you what do? Did you do? I started <laughs> yelling in his face. I mean, I think that's justified. I, I get, yeah. I get. The I'm like, whole, what the fuck are you doing, you little mother? Like, I was, yeah. like, I went off, like a, like I went off, like. And rightly so. I think that yeah. that's justified, and right? I, as much as I'm <laughs> yes, all for peaceful resolution, it is not the job of marginalized people to hold that up all the no. time, especially when they're being assaulted. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think that yeah, and that is, is assault. Urine, is that assault? Like, okay, <laughs> that is assault. But you're standing there, and it's like. Okay, is this guy trying to come on to me? Is this what his thing is? It's like, why like is my leg warm? Like your whole like, no, no, I knew why it was warm. But the, <laughs> the whole thing is, is, is this guy? He's looking me straight in the eyes oh. too, eh? And I'm like, okay, is he coming on to me or is like, what's the? Yeah, like that's like, a foreplay for gay men sometimes. Maybe. Well, I'm not sure. no. no, well, no, because piss play is a big thing. Yeah, that's like what, piss I play. Don't know. Is, piss play is that's a Donald huge Trump. thing. That's a yeah, Donald. Well, we're piss you know, play. we're not going there. We're not there, but. We're not going to talk about the pizza. I am learning so much. Uh, that's a thing. So maybe this was his, like, uh, I don't know, calling card. Maybe he just, maybe he was pissing on my leg to denote ownership. Right. So maybe he was a dom and a dom, and yes. he wanted he was looking for a sub. Okay, but or, regardless, 
if it was sexual, then you're being sexually assaulted. I'm being right? sexually assaulted. Like, you're not, that's not, you have but to have I consent. I didn't know that at the you time. You have to have consent to do that. Oh. I was just going to say that. In an aggressive, there has to mean be way or an aggressive, happy way, you still need consent. Keisha, I didn't know that. I'm, I hear I'm, you. A, I'm a man of a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white man that's not used to being assault, uh, assaulted in any yes, way. Yes. I move through the world in a privilege that I have to really make sure I look at. So mm-hmm. when I'm being assaulted in that way, I don't see it as an assault. I see it as, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you moron? Have you lost your so then mind? So did, did he reply to you? He just left. He walked yeah. out of the bathroom, left, went to his friends, and they all just left. Left wow. the pub. And wow. it was the weird, it was during. It was during they would the have had to pick him up if it had been me. Just saying. Well, trust me. I, I think you're just shocked in the moment. You're shocked is. in the moment. And there's so many things shocked. going through your mind. And he, he, he left. As soon as he finished and tinkled off, he, and he, he flicked. <laughs> like, he looked me in the eye, flick, flick, and he walked out. And um, I'm like, wow. So now I have to navigate wet pants Ooh. during karaoke, which I'm not, you Yeah, know. And, and see, I'm not ready. So, okay, so I had this so, one yeah. time. I'm uh, going through Saskatchewan. There's no rest stops, God forbid. So I had to go to an A&W, and I asked to get buzzed in, and they buzzed me into the men's room because I look more men. So I'm like, yeah, no problem. I go in there, and I walk across the floor, and I'm sure that's like lotion. It's only one stall. I go in the stall, and it's like oh. inside the stall, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, my God. And and I, and I for one, I'm th- that's disgusting. Who would want to whack off in a public? And then they all over, and it's dis- like, that's a, that's a That's, that's, that's disgusting. a podcast we're going to get into. And, and that's a male norm? want to off opt out of right. but that is a gay male norm there are, it is a gay male thing there are oh it's not just gay honey it's not gay it's, but men who sleep men with men thing. is a different question and men who fuck men are a different like that's a that's a whole nother topic you going into that bathroom is not men walk through that that's our daily lives that's yeah. and we just yeah. we know it it's gonna happen it's what it is we God. we walk through there uh, understalling is a big thing right now what, what is so do we want to unpack that today? To okay, so <laughs> okay, forget it. My point was is yeah. that there are straight men who will go into the bathroom at work and jerk off. Oh yeah. So it's not just a gay guy thing. But no, that's the norm today. That well, is, yeah. a, there's actually a meme about that at work, and it's not just men; it's women no. too. Women are taking a fiver. Well, so women are starting only to take a fiver. fiver in off in offices, and that's uh, men started it, but women are doing it to break up their day because it gets so stressful at work. Absolutely, that it's one of the ways to uh, alleviate stress. So they did a big study on office masturbation, and the gist of it is, I can get you the reference material on it, but the gist of it is, is that when we're under so much pressure, working a sixteen-hour day or a twenty-two-hour day, trying to get a project done, or if you're under heavy crunch, especially in the in the IT industry or in in video gaming industry. You need a stressor that doesn't involve your coworkers. Well, you need a de-stressor. Yeah, yes. sorry. Yes. That doesn't involve your coworkers. So the five-minute snap is what they're doing. Right. So it's either a five-minute nap or a five-minute fap. So it's fap, 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 <laughs> nap, nap, nap. And the thing it's, is, we need to make female masturbation a normal thing, too. Because, you know, now it's it's a titillating thing. And, you know, whereas people have been talking about guys masturbating I think year. female masturbation is coming into its own. It should. From what I've seen, I don't know if it's openly talked about, that, but it's uh, the, the the younger girls. I do. Are, I talk about it. Yeah, but it's a, it's the younger generation of females. I believe from from what I've seen 
are embracing it just like the young guys are. Yes, and it so should. And they that, should. I mean, well, I'm not that age. Anyway, I'm fine with the whole masturbation thing, but what I'm concerned about is that it's a norm to work that many hours and consider that that's a thing to help like you deal with the stress. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's yeah. bullshit yeah. that we have I'm to like, whack what? off just to save ourselves a job. Right. Like, yeah. That whole concept or of to finish work, your work in that day. way yeah. is that so we have to. where that norm come from? It, it's it's starting to come from the trickle down economic Reaganomics mm-hmm. bullshit. It's that yeah. we are so pressured to sur- to supersede our coworkers, and the we're so pressured mill. to make yeah. the money, and we're so pressured to 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 function in a world that doesn't function mm-hmm. that we're now having to masturbate to get through it. Mm-hmm. And that I, I so how come it's a different form of my slavery. fear of these straight people that are using my washroom to masturbate and get into this zone. What about my safety? Also, like, like isn't that weird? Well, and that was my thing. It's you're like you're walking through yeah. someone's bodily fluids, yeah. which could be toxic. Potentially. I just the point I'm making yeah. is if this is a norm that's occurring now for cis people about bathrooms, and wouldn't I be more scared to use them in the bathroom than right? them being free oh, to use the bathroom absolutely. with me in it? Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah, as I mean? the correlation. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're walking into a potentially hazardous yeah, like, situation. Yeah, sex in the bathroom. <laughs> Only hazmat. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, why are they Batman? afraid of me in yeah. their bathroom? Like, so what is a gay... It actually, it's interesting, yeah. though, because because that whole, like, the beginning of the fear of gender neutrality in bathrooms was that trans women were going to assault cis women right yes but if you think that all of these cis men are jerking off in the bathroom like it's a normal thing yeah because for me so where's the brain but it's because in their brain people with penises do that yeah so then they're gonna go with people in a a bathroom with people without penises and they're still gonna do that i think is this like for people who don't do that i've never heard that that's a thing so the whole gender neutral bathroom i was like why wouldn't be a safe place for everybody but if people who know that people with penises are jerking off in the bathroom, maybe that's well, that's part of the fear too, because sexual... men know what we do. Yeah, and so that's where the weird like sexual connection to bathrooms comes from. But mm-hmm. maybe not everybody. Has. It boggles my <laughs> like... mind that you, this small group of people, have never heard of what understalling is. That's twenty five percent of us here. Or <laughs> sex in the bathroom, right? Right. Or yeah, twenty five percent of us haven't had sex in I the bathroom. Would, well, I. I've had sex in a private bathroom, but not a public bathroom. Also, I clean oh. up after myself Gag if I'm Ola. doing the dirty. It's yeah. The problem Take isn't that fluids. you're doing it, it's right? that you're leaving your remnants. There is a problem <laughs> with doing it, and here's why. You are in a public place <laughs> using a public uh, facility. facility that other people are expected to fucking use. I know. And it's to be safe. It's supposed to be safe. And because I, I have done it in the past, but I know better, do better, I don't do that anymore like i i it's not a thing that i do mm-hmm. you know and it's I, but i'm not going to judge anybody who does it yeah it's yeah, just yeah. It, it's, because it, it is a it's normal for gay men it is a normal part of our daily lives yes like it just is not all gay men i'm not saying all i'm just saying a mm. huge chunk of us mm-hmm. live a life that is it's a hookup disgusting <laughs> you know well. and we know like gay men like men know what goes on in bathrooms mm-hmm. like men know we know what goes on in our bathrooms. And so we transpose a lot of that fear. And that's where some of that Untenders, fear and hatred yeah. yes. goes of other gender neutrals. And the other yeah. gender. And we can't do that stuff in the gender neutral. We honestly can't. No. Like men. Got to give up that privilege. You got to either <laughs> piss or shit in that bathroom. There's no number and three. And leave. There is no number three. No number three in the public washroom, everybody. In. So isn't gender neutral bathrooms the solution to a lot of, of those issues as well? Because, you know, unless 
unless you're going to a place that promotes those bathroom behaviors, yeah. like a gay bar yes. or in a bathhouse or right. in, in a video store or steam room that is set up for these things. But for the top of the hierarchy doesn't want to give that up. Yeah. Oh, I think that's something that, that, that they're ready to give up. I, I think don't they're think at that so. Point. I don't, I think if they were, there wouldn't be all There wouldn't this. be the big deal. Yeah. Who cares if, well, uh, I think gender, uh, gender neutral bathrooms are the big thing for 2020. I think that, that most places that are opening now, being built now, are changing their bathrooms. I think there's a, a great and good. deal. I'm good. I'm glad. Yeah. I think that movement is actually becoming more for, upright. I at, did see it. I used to work in sales uh, at a print shop. And so this was a few years ago. And somebody from the school board actually came in to inquire about gender neutral signs for bathrooms because nice. that was the direction that they were heading. And it's the direction that schools are heading in. And it was really refreshing because they were like, you know, I'm, I don't entirely know what what symbols to put, how to address this situation. So I'm looking for insight if you have any. So it wasn't just like, okay, this is what we're doing. We have to do it. It was, okay, this is what we're doing. I'm excited about it. How can we do it on a respectful? Right. Level? I love the one that has the meme where it's like, it's like the, you know, the, the man, the woman, the unicorn. And it says, I don't care what you are. Wash your hands. Yeah, just like, wash your hands. Just wash yeah. your hands and take but, care of your fluids. But the, the bathroom, <laughs> yes. the bathroom issue has been a conversation since the 1990s when Ali McBeal in the office yes had that Love gender that. and people yes but people were still having Freak. sex in those bathrooms well yes and people were but it was clean and it was good sex and it was ally having sex on that thing with mr what's his face yeah and i don't it was really very stylized yes bathroom sex bathroom sex is not pretty sex no so straight people have bathroom sex Straight people do have. They bathroom have bathroom sex. sex. They just pick the gender of their choosing. Hopefully, there's not a lot of people in there, and they go or for it. Or it's a plane. Yeah. So I mean, it happens. <laughs> the Mile High Club is a bathroom. Oh, so, oh. They're not doing it in the seats. It's no, a bathroom. It's so it's sex. not. Yeah, bathroom It's not sex, all yeah. about gay men. It's not gay men. No. It's and, not and gay men. And you know what? Lesbians not. do it too. Well, sure. Everybody does it. So we just have fluids that we have to manage. That's right. You know, although women have fluids, they have to manage as well. Absolutely. So it's I mean, a, just a little less. I am not an expert of that at all that is thrown to you guys i keep Um, what i know so the the fear (laughs) the fear sits really high i i worry about as far as abuse is concerned what how do we mitigate okay so i was assaulted in a bathroom you have had issues with bathrooms well and i'm now just starting to go in and how do we how do we navigate an assault at that point Mm -hmm. what's what's construed as assault now you know, we all know because of the self-hatred and the anger that we feel as we're coming out that we're in a dangerous situation. There's the fear. There's that hatred, self-hatred, and that manifests in many, many ways. Yep. That manifests as self-loathing. That manifests as aggression. Mm-hmm. It manifests as aggression to somebody he finds attractive but mm. doesn't want to. So it, there's all of that as yeah. well. A lot of us live alone, you know, not just in a household alone, but alone in our selves right in our minds yeah because because we are having to self-protect and put up barriers and yeah yeah, so to have someone reach out to you is huge well that leads us to this next point do we start when we see a cisgendered 
straight gender normative person lashing out in that way what's our onus to step up into that just like what happened with you at the, yeah but what's our onus if it's on a bus like what's our onus there so kyler and i have been pals for a good long time <laughs> and i think they can attest to how vocal i am uh in almost every situation <laughs> so you welcome know. to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so my instinct is as soon as i hear something see something Thing that I'm not comfortable with, I address it. Good. And let me tell you, sometimes I'm really good at the whole, hey, let's talk about this. Let's unpack it. You know what you said was really hurtful. Sometimes I'm more like, what the fuck? And I'm yeah. like on them. Yeah. So, so is it fast. energy levels that dictate that or what, my, is, what dictates it? It's my tolerance. Okay. <laughs> it's where I'm at in my day. You crossed the line. <laughs> in my you life. The line. You know, like one person, if I've had alcohol or not, you know, mm -hmm. like one, you can yeah. say something that makes me cranky and today I'll be really nice about it. You can say the exact same thing in three weeks and maybe I'm like short fuse. So, right, yeah. you know, I think. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like that. I, but right? I, I think I'm heard more when I can address things calmer. For sure. So right. if your intent. Honey than vinegar. Yeah. Yes. If your intent is to go in and say, look, I don't think you're a bad person, but what you said was bad. So let's talk about it. I think you'll be, I think you'll be heard more, but I also think as people who have to do that every single day, oh, God. sometimes you're going to yeah. hit that fuse. And yeah. it, it gets hard sometimes to yeah. lift that mountain every single day, to every lift day. that rock and, and push that rock to the point of high road. Like how like, many times do I have to have this freaking conversation? Right. Why aren't you using Google? Like, yeah. Why like, aren't you educating yourself? Yeah. We have a device that People sits on lazy. most of us that has most of the information of the world. We have yeah. the library of Alexandra sitting on our hips right now. <laughs> And nobody or very few people are using it in a way that is educational. They're using it in a way to prove their own bad points. Mm -hmm. Okay, so to address that, you know, because we see that every day, you know, and people will, you know, put a shout out to, hey, does anybody know this? You know, and there's always somebody will say, you're on the internet. <laughs> well, know? yeah. But what my point was going to be is that, you know, we like to ask and get feedback directly to us opposed to having to research, right? I think as I think there's also yeah, a fear of the internet in a way too, because if you don't know who it is, you can't validate that opinion. And how do you even just, opinion. how do you search it in a, in a neutral way? So mm -hmm. in a neutral way. Biased opinion. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. some things That's are easier a tough one now, yeah. than others. My go-to as an ally is to look things up, do my research, go to that person who is in that community and say, okay, you know, like the drag thing, this is my, like, this is the knowledge I have. This is what other people are saying, but I just, I can't get a straight answer mm -hmm. to have an opinion. Yeah. And so then that person's like, okay. Can you least, educate me? Yeah. yeah like at yes. least you've, you've done your work. Yeah. Right? I like think, you've yeah. done your work and now you're just like, you know, I just need some clarity. Whereas, but you're coming from a place of understanding. Mm -hmm. You're coming from a, no, a place that you've had to do a lot of work. Like we've yeah. all had to do a lot yeah, of work on ourselves absolutely. to get to where even we are today and we're mm -hmm. still learning. And there's still work to be done. And there's lots of work to be done, but to see a heteronormative male, let's just, let's take the apex predator. Let's just talk about the apex predator as what they are. What they are, yeah. A white, cisgendered, straight male. And that's his only experience. And he doesn't 
have to do any research. Or Because you know why? Because right. he is privileged top dog. Yes. He doesn't have to learn anything. Well, unfortunately, he has the most to learn. Yes. I, in my opinion, mm -hmm. that human has the most to learn. And how do we access? Because that's what we have to. We have to address this shit from the top down. Mm -hmm. yep. Like, how do we get there? How do we get to that point? Like, what do we say? Do we just keep inundating the message to him until he decides to ask a question, or or do we just start ripping off all those? fucking flags off his truck so well i mean right? i would be inclined to do both but the thing about uh angry people and dealing with difficult people because you know i've had a little bit of training on that subject is that a lot of times if somebody's really angry a a lot of times it has nothing to do with you mm -hmm. and b you have to acknowledge their anger. A lot of times, 90% of the time, if you acknowledge somebody who's angry, if you say, you must be having a really bad day, I'm really sorry about that, you know, that calms them down. Right. But it is true. If somebody's true. ignorant, like if somebody makes a remark to me and then I'm like, oh, not appropriate. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'm not mad. Mm -hmm. Honestly, because I mean, I've said stupid things. I've done stupid things. <laughs> I think that's well, my middle name. Yeah. yeah, right? Join the so club. I've done stupid things but is my hashtag. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know? I think the question here is more about how do you call that person out mm -hmm. without escalating the situation, yes. without putting yourself at risk, yes. and without burning out, without... without yes. And that's another thing, is this... <sighs> fatigue this mm. fatigue that this fighting fatigue mm -hmm. that we're getting with all of the world that we live in mm -hmm. and what battles do you battle mm -hmm. like i love vegan women who are vegan men who are battling the cruelty to animals i eat meat i i will eat meat that's just not my issue but thank god somebody's fighting that mm -hmm. because i gotta fight for humanity i want to mm -hmm. fight my battles are very different mm -hmm. i cannot afford to have outrage fatigue I can't. Yeah. Because when we all get fatigued, we don't do anything. We're all too tired to stop it from happening. Or our fuse is this big. Our fuse is that big. That's yeah, the that's the other thing. That big. Your fuse is how can you how sit there? fucking times do yeah. I have to say that? Yeah, like, are you listening? Like, right? That, oh, yeah. sorry, clapping. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, clapping. <laughs> um, like, like, how many times? Dude, we how have to yeah. like how many how how many times do I have to fucking say this? It's mm -hmm. it's interesting that this is brought up because my friend and I, she's indigenous, and so she's really on the forefront of campaigning for the pipeline protest. Yes. Like the wits wit or Yep. She's advocating and using social media as a platform. And you know, her and I have talked about this so much. Like, how many times do we have to share this article? How many times are we private messaging people? How many times are we going into the comments of the article and just saying, guys, like, listen to this perspective. Mm -hmm. How many times do you do it? Right, right. But you just do it because you have to. Yeah. Well, because the only perspective we get to hear is the corporation's that's perspective. That's right. And that's bullshit because, that's right. you know, many Indigenous groups are not against pipelines. They're just against them going through their, their lands. Yeah. So here's an alternate you, Here's an alternate route. Yes. Oh, but that goes through a white community. <gasps> God Horrors. Forbid. God for fucking Or they don't bid. want to raise the money. Or they don't want to raise the money the to move it right? 10 yeah. feet. Yeah, that you is know, what it comes down to. The pipeline's going to happen, but why Why are you making the choices you're making yeah. in terms of location? Like, and why, are you the choices you're making? why can you spend all this money to pipe oil and but not can't fresh get water? water? <laughs> like, that blows <laughs> me oh away. Oh, my like, God. How can you spend that much money to pipe 
caustic substance, which we, yes, we're going to need. We're going to need it for a while until we don't need it anymore. Yes. But you can't get water along that same pipeline. You just can't put one little pipeline along that thing that brings water, yeah. fresh water to yeah. a community that could use it yeah. and maybe help them to mitigate their sewage. Everything. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, to uh, me, it's, uh, it's I don't just get it. the continuation of colonialism. Absolutely. It is, it is not only the continuation of it. It is proliferation of yeah. colonialism yes. because we were kind of tamping it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then now there's this big surge of colonialism that we are finding. We, right? we have got to do a yeah. whole podcast on indigenous people because we need to have someone like an indigenous yeah, yeah, yeah. population to, to be, because, to be and, part and of this I'll let you know that I did invite someone, but they gave me that answer that they're working within their community right now to do yeah. the healing and that they encourage us to continue to do the work we need to do. And I, side. right. You absolutely right. Absolutely, absolutely right. right. But we need to be able to find somebody who. I've and then I said, well, maybe somebody out of your group will come. <laughs> like maybe we'll we'll see. We'll we'll go for the next podcast. Let's let's continue more on the fear and right. the hatred. So, that we're dealing with. so my point with the conversation was more com our conversation. That's her and I have this conversation all the time because that's what she's fighting for right now. Right. But she's an indigenous woman, so right. this is why she's she's fighting for something every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. Just like we are. So this conversation comes up a lot because our friends, half of them are like, yeah, you know, power to the people. Let's fight. And half of our friends are like, oh, another social justice warrior. I can't right. believe lecturing me again. Like, oh, we better be careful how we speak around them. You know, we've got a couple of friends in this group who, you know, they're a little sensitive. Well, I hate that. We're right? not a little that sensitive. sensitive thing. We're not a little sensitive. We are educated and informed. And we just want to and, live our lives. And we want everybody to be. We, we want humans to be able to be human. That's right. You know, yeah. let's, and have the same privilege. And have yeah. the that same everyone privilege. else has. Exactly. A, a little bit of equity here, people. Equity. You know, yes. not necessarily equality because nobody wants to be equal. Yeah. But equity. Let's mm -hmm. look at equity. Yes. And you I know. think that's the shift of the consciousness is moving from a place that all this is external. And actually, like the religious model of God is outside of me when we all realize that we are it. Yeah, mm -hmm. we are it. Yeah. And we recognize it within each other instead of these fake walls. Right. But how many people are willing to do the work? Well, I think I, I think people, people are good. Yeah. Gay people are great for that. But I think people uh, are willing to do the work. Some. Gay all people right. are great about their cause. That's the thing. Yeah. We're all very good about our cause. <laughs> yeah. But how many yeah. white gay men are advocating for queer black women? Well, depends on your community. It does depend on your community, but, but that's, that's part of it as well. That's, that's the, the fear within ourselves, right? Like we're we're not just dealing with the fear and the loathing and the hatred from an out external community because we we've all we all know how to shield that. We can all Wonder Woman that's that right. shit. Yeah. We all know how to do that. We've been doing it our whole lives. It's the internal stuff mm -hmm. that we don't know how to unpack. Like we don't know how to. To, so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the hatred within our community. Let's talk about like trans, the trans hatred, hatred. trans. Let's talk about hands. We trans just found hatred. out about. Well, I think I found more about. I, yeah, I, I knew it was there. I ignored it because it, it smelled bad, and I didn't want to get my foot into it. Like oh, I really didn't want to get in there because I am not trans in any way, shape, or form. I am a gay man that loves being a man. I have no like. I do my understanding of trans is limited. So, so like the labeling thing, I think started actually when I was because I was considered a fag versus a dyke or a bull dyke. And I'm like, why are we, what? Uh, what is that? What is, what do those mean then? Like, well, I don't, let, I don't know. What does that mean? So you're a fag. I know what a fag is. I've, I've, I know. I, like, so I, I am definitely have been labeled a fag many, 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 many times. I've actually said it about myself during sex. Yeah. You know, but how is it that a, 
at the time lesbian woman, yeah. which is what I'm understanding that you was, were at I, that time. I was uh, identifying at that time. I, identifying yeah. at that time. Be called a fag. Yeah, because I always thought a fag was a guy. By another lesbian. Right? By another lesbian. Yeah. Like, because yeah. you were too male I guess I wasn't, yes. I was a male, but not like butch enough or something. Like, I don't know, straight from Miami. There is a. What, <laughs> what does that mean? What is I don't know. What does that mean, straight from Miami? Because you've always had a bit of a, like a surfer vibe. That's why. <laughs> 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 oh. Not to oh, call you out, visual. but. Okay. <laughs> Got that Don Johnson yeah. thing like going on, Miami oh. Vice. And just like the persona and like the voice and. That is so bizarre. So you were like a surfer. That Bag. Somebody called <laughs> No, not and I'm just learning that now. Oh. Yeah. No, but I thought that was really strange. So now moving into the trans place, I'm choosing the transition. I've got these hormones, but I'm not sure about this the surgery part. And that is where the prejudice starts coming up from mm. other trans people. Mm. Right? Because you how have to have I, surgery. Well, and how far am I doing this and how authentically am I holding it? Right. And, so like, and how, if you don't have surgery, yeah, but is isn't it? that your choice? Well, exactly. And the choice but of your partner. What's the norm that I'm transitioning to? So like if I don't But get isn't into that the dichotomy? Origin. So we're trying to break norms, but you're trying to fit into a norm? What is that's, what is well, that? Well, that's mean? what I think it is about. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 within your own community, the trans community, within the LGBT community too. Though we have issues with color, oh. we have issues with weight. Yes, we hate that. Like, why is it this way? Like, why is it that we? Why is this this prejudice against fat people or Asians? Or... Just in just on the yeah. grinder mentality, just yeah. in, in grinder itself, just within the gay male society. Yeah. Fetishes? Why are People of color just constantly a source of fetish, but that's within and without the again okay, beer so colonialism. Yeah. <sighs> Jungle fever is that what we're talking about? Yeah, not and that I, I would ever use that term, but no, but I, I use that term and not as a derogatory way, you. but as a a it, reference to what it was in the early sixties and fifties and uh, what that, that yeah that it meant. It I mean I think as much as. It's mind blowing to me because we're all oppressed <laughs> and you can't just draw on your like experience and say, oh, OK, you're more oppressed. Yeah. Let me draw on my experience and empathize. I don't know why we're not there yet, but we're not. So I think in each of our own little communities, in the lesbian community, in the trans community, in the bi community, in the gay community, all of us experience other things that are happening in those communities. And then in our community, the rainbow as a whole we also experience, like, biphobia is a huge thing. It is a huge and thing. And why? It's a huge thing. You know, like, people... Well, can't you make a fucking decision? Well, apparently not. You're stealing from, you're stealing from both pots, and it's well, not and fair. Kyler's like, had that experience, too, where she's, he, they, they, sorry, has been, has been accused of that as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. mowing my grass or whatever you called yeah. it. It's yeah, like, what did you call it? Mowing somebody else's grass? Maybe something like that. I, I don't I don't talk about it a lot except for people within the community because I find like colorism too with people of color. Lighter skinned people are awful towards darker skinned people, and this group is really awful towards indigenous people, and indigenous people can be awful to the like it it, so it it's happens. Just forms of marginalization like all over. All over. But I don't the reason why I don't think we can talk about it as much on like a public scale is because the second that's brought up, this the privileged people at the top are like, well, you know, all of this hate on hate crime, you know, black on black crime, gay on gay crime, like you guys really need to address your community, but, you know, and then it takes mm. away from the- And then the we're like, wait a minute, we stopped fighting each other and we're like, fuck you, like, yeah, you put like, us here. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> really. what happened. So you have to be careful when you're having those conversations and who you're having them with. Yes. 
because the second you talk about the intercommunity problems, they all of these other people are, oh, well, then maybe you should just focus on yourselves and not worry about us. Well, yeah. And then it's the lion antelope thing. Yeah. You know, somebody else is, oh, look, oh, watching the antelope, watching the antelope. They're fighting amongst themselves. Well, yeah. that fucking lion's coming after them. That's and right. those antelope aren't fixing themselves. Yeah. No. And it's, and it's like, yeah, but we are going to have these conversations within our community yeah. so that within we can community. bolster our community yeah. because yeah. we do have a lion to fight. Absolutely. We have that apex lion that we're still fighting. Yes. And uh, from my place of privilege, which I am learning is different every single day, what my privilege is. Mm-hmm. And I've been that guy. Yeah. I don't know how to fight that guy. Education. So, I think, yes. I do think the root of any fear is a lack of understanding. And a lack of understanding can be rectified through education. But the tricky part is you want to learn. Oh, so yeah. That's great. Yeah. But not everybody wants to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you could just get through to them and say, hey, you know, this isn't as bad as it needs to be. Probably, you know, if they're willing to hear you, maybe some adjustments can be made. Mm -hmm. It'll be better. But how many people don't want to hear it? And how many people who are already labeled as someone who's oppressed, gay, lesbian, trans, bi. Or who has a label. Who's a person of color, who's, you know, a woman, whatever. How many people want to take on somebody else's suffering? is the other thing. So mm-hmm. it might be easier for them to just stay in their little bubble and their lane. Well, and, it's, and a lot of, a lot of apex men are self-medicating because they're not looking at their own personal traumas. Mm-hmm. They're not. And that's a problem too, mm-hmm. because these men are raised in a society that teaches them to be perfect and that they mm-hmm. are the apex predator, but then they're getting all these subgroups fighting them all the time. And they're always, why do you hate me so much? Like, why do you yeah. hate me? Yeah. Like, why is it that we, the white man, the apex, gender normative male is looking down at all of us saying why are you guys fighting my castle like why are you attacking my castle all the time yeah like why am i like why am i always like go fight over there go fight over there those are the real problems i'm not the problem i don't have a problem i'm not the one doing it to you Mm -hmm. and i had this conversation with a man in in uh, who I respect, I really do respect, but he is white. He's been married for 30 years. He doesn't see that his wife has been bolstering his life for, but that's the way they, their marriage is. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't see how his privilege translates to the rest of us. And he doesn't see, so he's, well, I'm, I'm sick and tired of the hashtag Me Too movement. Well, that's, that's that is like easy for you to, to do to that. Say. I'm a, I'm a white, what am I going to say to him? Like, I'm not a woman. I Hashtag Me Too is, I am a, a tertiary ally at best. But Me Too I encompasses know. sexual assault and, it does. and rape. It's not, a, it's not. It's not gender. It's not gender. And I didn't know it wasn't gender until I was assaulted. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, so, that's, the, that's the whole thing. I mean, right. that's part of it is the Me Too movement is beautiful. I think it's great that people are speaking up and talking about it. But I think somewhere maybe... Because everybody who's been assaulted relates to Me Too, nobody took the time to explain it, maybe on a bigger level. Well, part mm-hmm. of it, what he said was, uh, and he's a good human. I don't want to make it seem like he's not a good human. Yeah. He is a really good human. But he's, well, pound Me Too. And that... Yeah, I've seen that. Okay, so that is... Because the, the the hashtag used to be the pound sign on... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, well, pound Me Too, which is rape culture, A. Very much so. And B, you're turning something that people are moving into. They, this man did not understand yeah. that he, he, just by his ignorance, he was perpetrating yeah. these... What we're fighting against. What we're fighting against. Like, what too. we are... <laughs> and, and he can't... Well, don't come at me. Don't come at me. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not raping. So... 
Okay. Well, you're but you're not. You're it. validating a rape culture right. that you grew up in and that you think is normal. Yeah. And that as we were coming up, we were taught that we are allowed to speak out. We mm-hmm. can do this. We have all these privileges that we walk through life in. And women really are there for us to make sandwiches. Yes. So make me a sandwich. Yeah. You know, and suck my dick. Please and then, yeah. then I'm going to go to work and I'm going to make money so that you can have diamonds. Yeah. And you can have diamonds while oh. I beat you in the face. If right. I let you have diamonds. If I let you have diamonds. Right. Yeah. You know? So that's and my then choice, ultimately. It is. A man. Yeah. And they look at their marriage. Well, I've been married for 30 years, so that's a success story. That's not a success story yeah. until both of you are saying that's a success story. Right. Oh, right. Like, yeah. that's yeah. not a success story. story. It, well, and that was my first too. gut, you know, was like, well, have you talked to her about that? You know? You know? Does she agree with you? Or has you she know? just been monetarily stuck in a position where she can't move because she was never educated at 30 years? This woman, and yeah. yes, but she carved out a life with you for 30 years that you that she she could do. She did mm-hmm. everything she could do within that relationship mm-hmm. to make it happy for herself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that that's the life that she wants. Doesn't mean she's happy. Doesn't and mean she. If she is, she happy, is happy. Let's talk about maybe in her own way. But also, Fulfilled. yeah, and like, there's tons of women who they're super happy being the housewife. But nobody appreciates them for it. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing is yeah. if I don't know this person, but there's a really big relationship dynamic where the corporate man works like 14 hour days and is doing these long, you know, hard work days and masturbating in the bathroom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to relieve stress. <laughs> to relieve stress. <laughs> their fluids everywhere. <laughs> and then the, you know, their partner who typically would be the housewife is, you know, maintaining the house, cooking, cleaning, shopping, whatever, doing all of those things, but also organizing events for their husband and doing any fundraising they can. Like all this is like your really stereotyped gender role mm-hmm. and that woman is always seen as the woman sitting at home with hair and curlies eating bonbons kind of thing but we never take a moment to look what would happen to him if he didn't have this person to come home to he would have crusty underwear would, and no food <laughs> and you know a dirty house and whatever else very well even if you're choosing to live in those gendered roles and you're doing the pink jobs i say in air quotes there's still a lack of appreciation for, oh, for how much sure. work that is. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of it work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of Have work. you ever tried to clean a mirror? Yeah, it's not like fun. that gives me anxiety. Yes. Oh yeah, you want to? Yeah. Like it really, really does because yeah. oh you got to you can't have all the streaks. But I'm gonna walk away and then I'm gonna floss and it's fucked. <laughs> so okay, so yeah, you know these, these whole like pink in quotation yeah. roles. That is exactly why I did not have children. Is because right. a I didn't think I had the patience. But b both my parents worked shift work and at any given time either one, both, or none were at home with us. So. But my mom still had to do all of the kid raising, all of the, like, she took us to all our stuff and everything. My dad didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. So it was just, okay, you know what? I'm not, I'm not I doing do that. that. I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah. So that was, like, one of the main reasons why I did not have children. Because yeah. I did not want to be stuck in that pink role. Role, yeah. That pink role. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. So, and that, and that, so those are the women that support the men at the, the apex, mm-hmm. that they can be this way. So supporting women or the women that are supporting the men at these roles and the men are feeling like they're being attacked by all these sub is that why they feel like the insult movement is such a big thing or is that why that because we have to we have to touch on incels a little bit during Yeah, but incels don't have women in their life. No, but they That's have a lot why of they're hate. Incels. But they, they have Nazi groups. Oh, they're totally about hate. And they're also they're mad because they believe that women are there for their exactly. pleasure. And when that's denied yeah. to them, it's. But it like, still is a hate group mm-hmm. 
that's a group that is fueled on hate. hate. Mm -hmm. It is the prime definition of hate. The rise of the Nazi groups that are specifically targeting trans, that are specifically targeting the subculture of humanity, which is what they're calling that, Mm -hmm. the trans movement. Mm -hmm. That is a pointed gun. It's Mm -hmm. pointed at one level of our community that right now, an indigenous trans person could be beaten and thrown into a ditch and there would be very little said about it well very little said but also very little justice done Mm -hmm. about that yeah on a smaller level i believe not that i always execute well if we're talking about you know the calling out nature and what we can do to you know try and be allies or you know represent our own community i do think calling in is the way to do it so instead of you know me lashing out because somebody said something or did something embarrassing them in front of people creating this conflict maybe waiting and pulling them aside and saying hey, mm-hmm. you know like i get it but also this is how detrimental what you said is mm-hmm. and yeah. this is why i think that that's sometimes a better approach always yeah well not always no. though yeah. because well, what happens when you're one-on-one is now you're one-on-one there's that yeah <laughs> and so if that person's not receptive you are putting yourself at risk whether it's True. you know through like internet would be direct messaging somebody mm-hmm. so now they're just they can attack you because mm-hmm. there's nobody else watching yeah, yeah. so they it can, can totally attack and you. if mm-hmm. you're one-on-one with somebody can... here they can physically attack you threaten your life yeah in messenger in a very real way i've had it happen yeah so from a family member Mm. So, so it is, it's not always the way to go, but I do think that that's the place to start. Yes. And sometimes if they're asking, you know, like lots of people on my feed will say, well, okay, what about this? Instead of attacking, they're asking a question. Mm -hmm. In that case, I would say, okay, let's talk about this publicly. But if I'm really upset with somebody, I think it is better to call them in, you know, and I think that that's how, but I also think that allies, even within our own community, need to take some of that weight off the other people, Mm -hmm. you know, as a white man, you can take some of that weight off me as a woman of color, you know, and as a cis person, I can take some of that weight off of you as a trans person. Well, and I think we have to. Yeah. And we have to do that. Absolutely. And that, you know, and that's so maybe I don't have to fight my own battles as hard because I have allies who are willing to help. Which is why this podcast is what this podcast is. That's right. Before we kind of wrap up, I'd like to to hit on some of these hate groups in in a very real way from each one of our perspectives. The Nazi groups, white supremacist groups, they've always been hateful. Mm-hmm. They hate everybody. Yeah. They are there is there there is no discrimination. No. They realistically they are less of a problem to me than the incel groups or some of these male empowerment groups that are starting to come about mm-hmm. that are targeting specific members of our community the trans community specifically these groups that are getting together tailgate parties that would start drunk and then they would get into trucks and they would start roaming the streets of edmonton looking for a fag to bash and there was i was very fortunate to not be a part a victim of that but there were a lot of uh, gay men and gay women i know because these guys were non-discriminatory they would get into a tailgate party they would drive around 104th looking for gay people to beat well now that's happening starting to happen to trans people and so trans women of of color trans well we know trans women of color are the ones that started the stonewall movement and that's exactly what happened Mm -hmm. you know and we can't ignore that that's been happening for 30 fucking years oh forever 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 i I read a article actually posted on in the name of love you can look at it but it's talking about one of the first people who identified openly and use the term drag queen and they will say they because I don't know the pronouns they were black and it was in the late 1800s 
And they talk about in this article just the level of oppression and hate that they had to deal with from a society and from the system within. So from, you know, police, from the government, just for like having gatherings of folks that were dressing, Mm cross-dressing and how outrageous that was. That's the early, I mean, and this person was a former slave as well. So it has all of these layers, but it, you know, this isn't just, it's not just the recent history. It's been happening since people mm-hmm. since people were a people well and we didn't right? touch on municipal hate we didn't talk touch on municipal hate in, as an external problem that we've been dealing with municipal hate being people renting an apartment and being kicked out because of their sexuality or because of what they identify as and that being a legal thing mm-hmm. not a moral thing but a legal thing mm-hmm. municipal hate still stems to this day the little town i live in doesn't want to have a pride parade because it's not what they're about mm-hmm. and that to me, seems a little off that they get to choose that, that, that mm-hmm. the city gets to choose that. Now, don't get me wrong. The little city I do live in has pride flags everywhere, and I do love it. Mm-hmm. They, we have a, a robust a pride society. We are trying to make changes. But still, the city council sits and looks like, well, we don't need that. We have a big parade for everybody in August. Yep. And oh. they do. Like, they do have one of the biggest festivals in the Okanagan area, but... We And we are lucky to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. We are very blessed that we get our little part of it and we can walk in our little piece of it, which we're great. That mm-hmm. That's great. But we, we, need we still need to march. We still need to be able to have yeah. a march you, you have somewhere to. in this little town. And I don't want the municipality telling me that I can't. Yeah. No. That I can't march. So we did start a trans awareness for people abused and killed from trans abuse. In, and that's November. That was November, wasn't it? Yep. November twentieth. Yes. November twentieth is Trans Day of Remembrance, mm-hmm. and we started a little bit of a march the day after, but it was just walking from park to park, and there was no real media, there was no real mm-hmm. awareness of it. Mm-hmm. So municipal hatred is still a thing. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. So we and, and people say, well, why are you fighting? You got so many rights. You got all your rights. What do you want now? You can you can marry each other. What do you want now? Well, I'd like to stop being killed. Uh, perhaps <laughs> maybe or, stop being get. You know what? I, I'd like apartment. people to stop pissing on me right? in the bathroom. Right? Like that's. I would like that. that. Would nice. yeah. I don't know. That would yeah. be nice. Uh, those were nice jeans. I had to throw them out. Once again, uh, the ignorance of privilege. I would like. I, I don't know. What would you like, Kyler? I would like that the people that are having difficulty with change just relax a little yeah. bit and know that you're um, not coming for them. It's not about rewriting everything. Not everything is broken. But yeah. consider that the cracks are letting in light and there's color now to black and white. Yeah, but you're coming for their wives. Uh, no, I don't want all of them. <laughs> I don't want all of them. <laughs> no, no offense. It's just, you know, yeah, I'm no just offense. as discerning as, as any other maybe non-gay man. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I'm just well. kidding there. But no, I just, when we start realizing and honoring each other, I think that's what makes a big difference. But there's some people that are not going to change. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that. And they yeah. would rather die then give me or a kill. chance to explain yeah. myself. Yeah. Well, and that's and so you know what? That's them. So yeah. I am going to like, Look, that's you, fine. Yeah, you do you. Right? But what do you but want? But I'll still go to my own area. And so that division is going to occur. And I hope in my own lifetime, I'll see more changes, which I think we will. Yeah. yeah. But it's going to take some lifetimes. So it's it really is about that one person. Are you really ready to put down your own arms and stop being exclusive and be willing to understand just that other person doesn't mean you got to love them mm-hmm. just are you willing to talk are you willing to understand open and have dialogue peace amongst you yeah because war doesn't work no well we have thousands of years that show that war is not right exactly. 
totally. I think too, as much as young people are, you know, doing good and there's change happening, young people are not, they're not free of prejudice. Like, there's no. still, Oh God, no. So while that mentality of maybe once these older generations stop being so active in the community, stop running politics, whatever, maybe is that as they retire, hopefully things will change. It's just not going to happen unless we continue being really vocal because it's not really about your, your age. There's some really awful people my age, younger than me, slightly older than me. Awful, awful oh, yeah. people. But prejudice. You know, like even if you look at, if you look at the hate groups, how many of them are young men? They are. But the thing, how many of the them difference are young men? Of, with is inundation. An older gay man at, or an older man, an older cis man at 60 has been inundated in this culture in a way that's very different than a 25-year-old man. Mm -hmm. They're still learning. That 25-year-old man is in a completely different societal norm than that 60-year-old man. But he also needs to make the choice to oh, do yes. as well. They've all, they, right? The and it does, they've just been be, Just yeah. because programmed. he's 25 doesn't mean he'll make that choice, is no. the thing. No, that's true, but his so, programming's different. His maybe. programming is, is, is sociologically different than that 60-year-old man who was expected to have a wife and expected to have children. Well, that expectation is a lot less now because we have so many, because we have the internet. But it's also less in our communities because of the communities we're in. Right, yeah. It's not, maybe it's not less in his community. Maybe it's not. It may not right? be. It That's... may not be. He may be being inundated in that way for sure, for sure. But there's... There's more. There's more. There's more understanding. There's more options than that person. Yeah. And it is getting better. But my point is, like, it's still not better. And right. The younger generation isn't better. And racism is taught. Yeah. It's yes, not. It it's is not taught. an. But it's part also of systemic. Brain. It's also within our. It's within our. It because is. it's getting taught. Yeah. With, but it's in. It's so. It's so deep in mm. our laws, in mm. our government. Yes. It's municipal hatred. Yeah, it it's not within our It's not just one-on-one. -on -one. It's not just me teaching my kids something. It's yeah. taught from this, you know, from your prime minister. Yes. Like yeah. it's taught from the people who are creating laws. Yeah. And it same is. with all of it, racism, homophobia, trans, yeah. all, all of it is like that, right? Yep. I just I do want to talk a little bit about uh, municipal hatred as far as legislation and bills are concerned and where because bill 207 in alberta was a huge thing we fought it and it stopped but most people thought it was an abortion bill and it was not an abortion bill it was not about abortion it was about transgendered people and their ability to get medical care mm -hmm. at religious institutions mm -hmm. that's what the reality of that bill was about it was about gay men and gay women not getting services it was about the direct attack on LGBT community couched under a woman's issue mm -hmm. that they thought they could get around mm -hmm. because women are less and the abortion issue is that this is not my opinion. This is just what that legislation. And we have no idea how to govern our own bodies. Apparently. Mm -hmm. So that legislation, that's municipal hatred mm -hmm. on a very strong level. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, how do you guys feel about municipal governments, the conscientious objector bill, a conscientious objector, anything? Or conversion therapy. Oh, well, conversion therapy still happens in the Okanagan. So. It happens everywhere in Canada. Yeah, it's, and I, nobody's denouncing it. Edmonton, Calgary, Red Deer in Alberta have denounced it as being not wanted within their communities. For me, what it all comes down to is representation in the government. Yes. Why are people not of said community even consulted on these bills? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, why do you have a bunch of people who are cis, straight, you know, often white or you have the token indigenous person making these really life changing bills 
for people of color, indigenous people, trans people, LG. Like, well, and that's it. It's rainbow. power. It, for me, Privilege. I think where the shift needs to happen is representation within our caucus, within our government. Because once you have somebody like us who's saying, um, hold no. on, yeah. you actually can't do that. Wait. This will affect my life. In a very real way. In a very dangerous way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's when the shifts happen. When mm-hmm. you have a bunch of people who don't ever have to think about that and they're just thinking about, you know, their little privileged lives and mm-hmm. how this might be an inconvenience to them. You know, But I had gay allowing... people say to me, oh, no, that bill's fine because a doctor shouldn't have to perform an abortion. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is, is that the, that's not all what it's about, but it, mostly, yes, that doctor does. That doctor actually, took an oath. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like to, they actually yeah. So actually that is. That doctor yeah. took an oath to do no harm and to help as much as they possibly can. And yeah. it's not their decision to choose who has an abortion. It's not their decision. Mm-hmm. It's not their decision if a trans woman is coming into a hospital room with a beer bottle in their head and they have chosen to be a conscientious objector and send that person to another hospital because of the religious beliefs and that person dies and dies in that ambulance or Mm -hmm. however they have to get there because they won't even give you an ambulance. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they'll start care, find out they're trans, and stop care. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Incredible. I know, right? It's right. Like just, that and just they, makes me the, so... That, but that bill, I had gay people say, well, it's okay. Like, I mean, if, if that doctor doesn't want to perform an abortion, go to a different doctor. Uh, no. That is not the point of any of that. No. No, and so. at what point, what if all of your doctors in your community make that choice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if that? What if all the doctors in that... Even though abortion's legal, it's still illegal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You still don't have access to it. No. I I think, I mean, obviously representation is not perfect. And that's what we talked about earlier about inter-community hate and discrimination and whatever. But I do think that that's the beginning of the change. Because you can't, you just can't, as a white person, you cannot understand on a deeper level the effects of racism. Mm -hmm. So how are you supposed to make bills? How are you supposed to make changes? Right. Mm -hmm. How do you make the laws, you know, like if you're just, especially, you know, if you've, you don't, Lots of these people don't even have black friends. Yeah. Maybe they'll have a black friend and that's where they're getting all of their information from. And that black friend isn't necessarily going to call them out. Exactly. Because they want to remain friends. That's right. Yeah. They want to maintain their relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's tough too, is maintaining relationships as well is Mm -hmm. all this. So we all have to get more involved. Well, and we are involved. Like this podcast, most of us are a part of a society that are getting involved. We're we're trying to move forward with things. That's a perfect segue into let's talk about what we do do in our daily lives. You said Uh, do do. We, I know I said doo-doo. Uh, <laughs> Keisha, oh, you run a foundation right that is for mental health. We've mentioned in the name of love a couple of times. You have an event coming up at the end of March, which is Fearless 2020. Yeah, so in the name of love, like we talked about earlier, is a foundation that provides resources adequate resources for mental health for folks in our community lgbtq plus people and the goal of the foundation is that you know in 10 years it'll just be a foundation for safe space resources so if a queer person or trans person wants to take a dance class but they can't afford it because we know that lgbtq plus people are kind of at that poverty level on a bigger level than a lot of other communities so providing resources is what our goal is and sourcing safe spaces so that somebody doesn't go to a dance class and find out that they're not welcome because they're trans or gay or whatever right mm-hmm. right now we're focused on mental health because i have connections in the community with the mental health with counselors who specialize in gender and sexuality so fearless 2020 is a kind of the theme is a hundred years of 
LGBTQ plus history. So in the 1920s, we had this huge revolution of queer artists. Mm -hmm. So performing artists were taking the stage and people of all classes. So, you know, of all sexualities, of all genders were entertaining at these or sorry, were participating in these events. So you had these really top level performers who were also trans or queer performing, making an income off of cis straight people. Mm -hmm. And there was this super cool kind of level of understanding and it happened for you know most of the 20s mm -hmm. and then the 30s hit and everything switched again but we're trying to focus on that energy of uplifting our community so we have queer trans and allies who are performing and speaking at the event so it's not just the lgbtq plus community it's our allies as well and where can they get the information and the tickets for the or the key for their the key. Uh, so the yeah key for their availability that's right so we're treating it like an old speakeasy kind of like what you nice. had in the in the 20s in the 1920s so the location's top secret and there's a password that you get once you buy your ticket and you can find it in the name of love-bc.com you can also website. get it on our website sospride.ca uh, and my company boundless belly dance is the main sponsor so all the information can be found through there as well okay great yeah it's a really good opportunity for folks of all walks just to come and enjoy this it's top level performers awesome okay let's get that clear in the name of love the events uh, the, fearless the event is fearless uh, 2020 yeah correct? okay That's awesome great. and they can get they can get it at your website which is in the name of love-bc.com it's on eventbrite as well Peg. I was going to talk about the series that I've been cast in. It's called Middle Age Maggie, and we're going to be filming our pilot at the end of March. So Middle Age Maggie is going to be produced in the Okanagan region, yep. in Kelowna region. Yeah. And you'll get us some times and some dates when that is As available. soon as I know the webisodes are going up, I will let you know, yeah. So thank you all for joining us on this very first podcast of Under the Pink Triangle. Yeah. I think that we started something great here, and I'd like to see us continue monthly. Thank you all very much. Yeah. Thanks for having yes. me. Thank you awesome thank you very much thank you kevin kevin your company is audio junkie music productions and they can find you at audiojunkiemusic.ca that's awesome kevin has been our technical director for this episode we really appreciate his time and his effort and thank you so much for supporting our community this episode is in support of the sos samilkameen pride society and all of its members we reside in the beautiful okanagan valley and are privileged to support lgbt 2q programs and events in this area 